it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here, back for episode 90 of the Grounds Crew podcast, the big 9-0, almost to 100. Maybe we'll do something, who knows? It is Thursday, April 4th. It's been kind of a long week for me, at least. I don't know about how you guys feel. I've had a cold all week. Haven't been able to shake it. It's been getting very annoying. But it's getting warm and nice out. Baseball's in full swing. We can officially say that. And, you know, it's a good time. So we have real baseball to talk about. I mean, there's plenty going on. There's guys who have struggled out of the gate, guys who are on fire, teams that are struggling, all different kind of stuff that we could talk about. So we're going to jump into that. We got a little bit behind the brand. Just want to let you guys know about a few things. So I'll give you that stuff and then we'll get into the big meat of the segment. All right. So it's April 4th. We're just about three weeks away from Easter. Easter is April 20th, if you guys don't know, if you guys aren't keeping track. But it's just a few weeks away. I think it's two weeks from this Sunday. So if there's anything that you're looking to ask your parents for, if you need to buy a gift for somebody, we got you covered. All right? You're going to head to bl101.com. Okay. Simple enough. What is that? Five things to type in? You're going to go to their website, and we got a whole Easter essentials guide set up for you guys. All right? So any gift you think you might need to check out for Easter that you might want, we got it all in one place. So you're going to head to bl101.com. You're going to tap on the Easter Essentials page, and then we got you covered, all right? It's nice and easy. We did it all for you guys. So all you got to do is pick out what you want, and be sure to use this or tell your parents to use this. We got our promo code for you guys for free shipping. So that's Grounds Crew, no spaces. You're going to put that in when you're checking out, and your whole order will have free shipping. So be sure to make note of that. Be sure to remind yourself. Code Ground Screw, no spaces. That's going to get you free shipping on all your Easter stuff. Or, you know, if you just feel like ordering a shirt or something for yourself, throw that in there. Free shipping. You're welcome. Now, another thing that Baseball Lifestyle has that's going on that's pretty cool that I want to make sure you guys know everything about is we're actually doing a giveaway with iSlides, all right? So on the Baseball Lifestyle 101 Instagram, there's a giveaway going on. It's with iSlides. It's for their new MLB slides. So they've got every team. They're brand new. they got different designs for every team. So if you want to try and win a pair of your favorite team's iSlides, and these slides are super comfy if you don't already have a pair, that's the slides that Baseball Lifestyle uses. Very comfortable. DJ Khaled uses them. A bunch of different celebrities use them. They're awesome. So if you want to try and win a pair yourself for yourself or for somebody else, whatever you want to do, you're going to go to Instagram. You're going to go to BL101's Instagram. You're going to check out the rules. I'm pretty sure all you have to do is uh, follow both BL Baseball Lifestyle 101, follow iSlides, and then tag three people in the post. It's easy enough. And then we're going to select a winner, and somebody's going to be able to select their size and what team they want. So pretty cool. And another cool thing that we're doing over at Baseball Lifestyle 101 is we're releasing new all-access videos. So this is all the behind-the-scenes stuff, everything that's going on in the works, uh, the warehouse. 
we're going to have that recorded. We're going to have that up on YouTube, on the Instagram. So make sure to check that out. It's cool. If you want to kind of see how the orders are produced and everything like that, every shipped out and all the behind the scenes, all the business stuff behind the brand, we got a little bit of that. So that's going to be a weekly thing. And you guys can check that out, like I said, on the Instagram or the YouTube. It's called Baseball Lifestyle 101 All Access. All right. So now we're done with that. I think it's time for the news from the show. I think we should start with probably one of the biggest names in the league. He was definitely one of the biggest names all offseason. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, he signed with the Phillies in the offseason. He left the Washington Nationals after spending his whole career there. And he is just an impossible out right now. So I'm going to give you some stats, and then I'm going to kind of go into depth with them. Bryce Harper so far has seen 91 pitches on the season. 59 of those pitches have been outside the strike zone. 32 of those are inside. On those pitches that have been inside, he's currently hitting 8 for 11 with 5 extra base hits and only 4 swing and misses. So it's almost a guarantee that Bryce Harper is going to get a hit if you throw to him inside the strike zone. That's insane. I mean, you can not get this guy out unless you get him to chase right now. Thus far, he's batting 500 on the young season, and he's got three home runs and five RBIs. And these home runs haven't just been regular home runs. He has absolutely sent these balls. He's got a 652 on base percentage so far, so he's getting on base almost three quarters of the time. And he's just been unreal. He's been, I mean, if he keeps this up, he's going to be worth every cent of that contract, obviously. That's a little, it's a little bit too early to say that. It's a 13-year deal, not just this year, but it's a good sign for the Phillies. He's usually a good starter. He's a very good hitter in the month of April. He kind of slows down in the month of May, but good sign. And this tear included his visit back to Washington. You know, he went back to Washington to play for the first time already. He they, Phillies had a two-game series out with the Nationals. And in his first game back, fans were booing loudly. It brought plenty of signs. They all had the Trader signs and the Benedict Arnold signs and everything. Even though it wasn't totally Bryce's fault as the Washington Nationals appeared to lowball him a little bit. Because Bryce apparently was prepared to stay before the Phillies upped their offer in the end and decided to go back to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But the boos didn't seem to bother Bryce Harper. I mean, they, the fans got their way early on. Uh, Bryce struck out in his first two at-bats. Then he finished the game three for five with a double single and a crushed home run. He absolutely blasted this ball, bat-flipped the it, into oblivion and nationals went i mean the phillies went on to win that game eight to two and those two strikeouts that he had they were against max scherzer so i think we could give him the benefit benefit of the doubt there but yeah bryce looks really good early on the phillies look good early on andrew mccutcheon is hitting really well and they now have a 4-1 record. I mean, they lost their first game the other day to the Nationals, but they split the series. But they swept the Braves coming right out of the gates, and then they continued to take one out of the two in the in Washington. So it's a good sign. This team definitely has some high expectations, and I think they are a very talented roster. I think, you know, some people don't really think that they could go too deep, but I think they're a very good team. I think they will make some moves if need be, and I think... 
we could see this team being very competitive for the in the long term. We've also got another big name that's scorching hot right now, and that's the former NL MVP. Christian Yelich is continuing right where he left off. Uh, Fangraphs projected Yelich to have one of the largest declines coming into the 2019 season. They ranked him 7th in projected war coming in at coming into the season at 5.3 wins above replacement. Now that's pretty good. Obviously, 7th in projected war, that's 7th best in all of baseball. That's good. But... This is coming after a year where he had 7.6 wins above replacements. And that's not anything above against Christian Yelich, because on average, MVP winners usually drop about two wins above replacement in the following year. So that's not to say Christian Yelich is going to be bad, going to be worse just because he's Christian Yelich. It's just what generally happens on average with MVP winners. Yelich said screw that so far because he just became the sixth player ever to homer in his team's first four games. And as of Wednesday, Yelich is slashing 409, 536, and 1.091. I mean, this guy has just shown that he can hit as well as anybody in the league. I mean, Ryan Braun was comparing him to Barry Bonds and Albert Pujols, some really huge names that he was saying, we haven't seen many people be this good for this long. I wouldn't quite put Yelich in that category just yet, but he's hitting pretty damn well, and he's made the Milwaukee Brewers a very competitive team. And this is all coming from one of the most competitive divisions in all of baseball this year, so that is going to be a lot of fun. I mean... The NL East is getting a lot of attention. The NL Central is getting a lot of attention. It's crazy. There's just so many good teams in the NL Central that there's probably eight teams that can all make playoffs. In the American League, you kind of have an idea of who's going to win the each division, who's going to win the wild card. It's kind of more chalk. And the NL is going to be a lot of fun. But it's great to see Christian Yelich get the respect that he deserves because playing in Miami, nobody really knew who he was. I mean, we've definitely talked about this. We've mentioned this. But he wasn't really considered a all-star, big-name outfielder over in Miami. And then he kind of brought some attention to himself in the World Baseball Classic. And then he was sent to Milwaukee and became an MVP. And now look at him. He's on a tear. So the former NL MVP hasn't lost his title. Neither has the former NL Cy Young winner. Jacob DeGrom looks like he's already in midseason form, in more ways than one. DeGrom's coming off an opening day in which himself and Max Scherzer combined for 22 strikeouts. I believe that's a record high for two starters on opening day. I could be wrong, but 22 strikeouts. I would hate to be any batter on either team that day to face either of those two guys. I mean, come on, the former Cy Young winners. But DeGrom didn't just stop there. He went into his next start against the Marlins the other night and threw 14 strikeouts in the game. That's a career high. He allowed just three hits and one walk to the Marlins. Only one Marlin got as far as second base against DeGrom. He went on to say that that was probably the best I felt in a long time. I mean, 
you, buddy, you just won the NL Cy Young with a 1.78 ERA last season. You've thrown, what is it, 26 straight quality starts, and that's the best you've felt in a long time? That's trouble for a lot of teams. He also hit a 380-foot home run that game. So, did both sides of the ball. Helped his own cause. I mean, the guy's unreal. DeGrom is now the th- just the third pitcher in Major League history to begin a season with two scoreless starts and double-digit strikeouts in both of those starts. He just tied Bob Gibson's record of 26 straight quality starts. And, I mean, this guy is really just making a case for being the best pitcher in baseball at this point, the most dominant. I mean, I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to do. I mean, teams just can't score against this guy. And he's starting to get a little bit more... Um, offensive production behind him the Mets made a nice couple moves to fill out their roster fill out that lineup and so who knows maybe we see DeGrom improve upon that amazing historical season that he had last season but he's definitely shown that he can be mentioned up in the biggest names he can be mentioned with the Kershaw's with the Scherzer's he's up in that conversation for who the best pitcher in baseball is and over the offseason we saw DeGrom get his respect we saw him get paid now, this guy's only played one season in the big leagues, but he came out strong, won a Rookie of the Year award, and now his team has shown him the respect early on and gave him a big extension, and that's Ronald Acuna. Acuna just got an eight-year, $100 million extension. He's now under contract through 2026. That includes club options for the 2027 and 2028 seasons. Both of those are worth $17 million each, so that deal could come around at about $140 million. And this deal makes him the youngest player to sign a $100 million deal at just 21 years old. Imagine having that much money at 21. I mean, come on. He's already considered one of the game's best talents. And some believe that he's even worth more than that $100 million, that the Braves are kind of getting a bargain on him or that he should have waited, blah, blah, blah. Because this deal takes him till he's 30, 31 years old. He's not going to be able to get a big paycheck down the road. Like I said, this guy won the NL Rookie of the Year. He batted two ninety three with 26 home runs and 64 RBIs. He's a 5-2 player. He's one of just seven players to hit 25 home runs before turning 21. This guy's got all the tools. He's got to be one of the biggest names in the game, to be on a level with guys like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, to be on that level. And he just signed a deal that takes him to almost through his prime at just 21 years old. Acuna, on the other hand, says he has no regrets. Through a translator, he said, no, I have no regrets. No one can see the future. No one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So I'm extremely happy with the decision we've all made, and I'm just excited to be here. And you got to respect the guy for saying that. I mean, he could have made more money down the, lo- down the road, but you're, he's right. You de- never know what's going to happen. He could go out and tear his ACL or, God forbid, something like that and miss plenty of time. He could get hurt, and look at what happened to Matt Harvey. He's now lost out, missed out on a big paycheck because he had freak injuries and hasn't been the same. So he's securing his money now. I'm sure if he becomes everything he's projected to be, he'll get plenty of endorsement deals. 
because he's going to be one of the biggest names in baseball and he's got the phase for it. So it's a good deal for the Braves, definitely. I mean, they're getting, locking a guy down for essentially most of his career and he is uber talented. Now one guy's just beginning his tenure with the team and one guy's time with the team is coming to the end and that's Kevin Pillar. He is now on his way to the Bay. Toronto has continued to unload pieces, trading Kendrys Morales a few weeks ago, and now they're trading their longtime center fielder, Kevin Pillar, to the San Francisco Giants, and in exchange, they're getting infielder Alan Hansen, and a couple of right-handers in Derek Law and Juan DePaul. Pillar, a 30-year-old center fielder, has spent his entire career with the Blue Jays. That's a seven-year career, and during that time, he's hit 260. But he's known for more of his glove than he is for his bat. He's a defensive whiz. He's a consistent highlight reel maker. He's one of the best fielders in all of baseball. I mean, this guy makes plays that only a few other people in the league can make. He's got such range. He's got a great arm, just a great eye for the ball. But, you know, Toronto's not really competing right now. I mean, they're kind of starting a rebuild, making room some for some prospects to come up and have an opportunity. And that includes uh, Anthony Alford, their 11th-ranked prospect who plays center field. He was recalled on Tuesday. Oddly enough, he was sent back down on Thursday, and they want to go with a couple different guys, give him more time to develop. He'll probably see some big time in the big leagues later on. He slashed 240, 312, and 344 with 17 stolen bases in AAA Buffalo last season. And he's got some talent, so they want to see him, see if he's the real deal, and... Like I said, it's a rebuild. This is what that's that time's about, to see if your prospects are legit. Obviously, guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr. will be will work out. Uh, Bo Bichette, those guys are kind of guaranteed. But you got to check out other guys, see who can develop into a big league player. As for the Giants, it seems like they're always looking for new outfielders because they always have holes in that outfield. So Kevin Pillar, he... Uh, is one of the best defensive center fielders in all of baseball. He's going to cover that uh, outfield over in AT&T Park. And, you know, they're not really competitive right now either, but he's a nice piece to have. Now, one of the other big stories that's going on in baseball right now is that the Yankees just can't seem to stay on the field. The New York Yankees have played just six games this season, and they have nearly a dozen players already on the injured list. The Yankees now have 11 players on the injured list. That's more, well more than any team, other team in the league. And this was a team that had very few flaws coming into spring training, and now they've just sprung a ton of leaks all over the place. We never expected to see the lineup that they're putting out right now, at least this early into the season, where they have guys like Clint Frazier in the lineup, Tyler Wade, Mike Talkman. They got Domingo Herman and Jonathan Lois, uh Jonathan Loisaga, guys like that pitching. I mean, it's just really not what we were expecting six games into the season. They've now lost their regular center fielder, their regular DH, their third baseman, shortstop, backup shortstop in Troy Tulowitzki, their ace, one of their setup men, and their number five starter. I mean, that's, what, a third of your roster gone? Didi and Jordan Montgomery were expected to be out from the start. I mean, Didi had Tommy John. He was expected to be out for what could be the first half of the season. And Jordan Montgomery is recovering for Tommy John as well. 
CC Sabathia, Aaron Hicks, and Luis Severino were sidelined in spring training. CC was expected to miss a week or two in uh, April. Hicks the, about the same. And then Luis Severino is not expected to pitch till May, which is a problem itself. And now Giancarlo Stanton has gone down with a bicep strain. He's on the 10-day injured list. Troy Tulowitzki has gone down with the calf strain. He's the most recent addition to the injured list. Nobody knows how long he's going to be out exactly because calves can be tricky. And now McGill Andujar has gone down with a slight labrum tear, and he may miss the rest of the season. That's a huge loss. I mean, they've got somebody to cover the position in uh, DJ LeMahieu, but he was supposed to be more of a utility guy. He was going to play like five days a week, but they wanted to spread him out and cover different positions. Now he's going to have to play third base. The bench is kind of depleted a little bit, and you just lost a guy who was finished second in the rookie of the year uh, voting last season. The guy who batted, what, 297 with 20-something home runs and almost 100 RBIs. A big piece in your roster. I mean, that's a tough loss. And Luke Voigt has been hit up and in twice so far this season. Once in the uh, elbow area and then once in the hand. A lot or wrist. A lot of tiny bones in there. That could have been broken easily, especially with a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. So that was reason for concern. That was scary for Yankee fans, including myself, because it could have been another piece that gone down. That could have made it 12. A nice dozen. And they do, like I said, have some depth with guys like DJ LeMahieu and... Clint Frazier, who was a former top prospect, they still possess more talent than a lot of teams in the league. I mean, you still got Aaron Judge. You still got Voight, Greg Bird. You still got Glaber Torres, a former top prospect. You got Gary Sanchez, Brett Gardner, plenty of big name, uh, big name guys. But this team still lost to the Tigers and the Orioles. They lost drop series to both of these teams. They started the season 2-4, and four, losing... Two out of three against what are projected to be the two worst teams in all of baseball. And that's concerning. I mean, you got to give them a little bit of a break because of all these injuries. But like I said, they still have a ton of talent and they shouldn't be losing to what can be considered minor league teams. The only thing that is good for Yankee fans is that the Red Sox are playing almost just as bad right now. Not against as uh, terrible teams. But... It's not a good look. The offense has been stifled. For the most part, they haven't been able to score. It seems like every game with the Yankees is 1-1 going into the later innings. And that's not going to play for most of the season. So they're going to be dealing with most of these injuries for the entire month of April. The good thing about that is they kind of get a break in their schedule. 19 of the 24 games that they play are against teams that finished below 500 last season. But these teams are going to be better than the Tigers and the Orioles. So, we'll see. I mean, they got to stay above water for this month at least. But they're in trouble. And our last uh, tidbit of news is that the Indians are extending Terry Francona for two more years. That puts him under contract through 2022. Uh, It gives Tito more job security and a chance to be Cleveland's longest-tenured manager. He was hired back in 2013 after a long run with the Boston Red Sox, and since that time, he's led the Indians to three consecutive American League Central titles. He's also led them to a World Series appearance. Terry Francona, I think he's one of the best managers in all of baseball, and I really don't think I'm alone in thinking that. 
He's an AL best 547 wins against 427 losses since he joined the Cleveland Indians. And he's second has the second most wins among current active managers in all of baseball. That is just behind Bruce Bochy, who is retiring after this season. So Terry Francona would take the lead in it. It's a good move on Cleveland. I mean, they might be going through a little bit of a rebuild soon. They're still projected to win the division. But I don't think they have what it takes to compete with teams like the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, and the New York Yankees. But he said he's ready for a rebuild, and he's willing to be a part of that. So good on them. Good for Tito. Uh, Good to see that he's sticking around in the league. Now, I believe that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Watch plenty of baseball. Uh, It's supposed to be nice in a It's supposed to be nice at least here, so I'll be SI. Hope you guys have good weather by you guys too, and I'll see you next week. And that right there was the Grounds Crew, brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.